What's up, y'all? It's your girl, B. Bellamy, here with The Watering Podcast. I am your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Every time I sit down and record, I'm like, what? You got a podcast? Anyway, but I love it. I'm learning, and I'm glad you're here in this space. I want you to be reassured it is safe, and we are um, trying to make sure that it is structured in a way where you feel safe to listen and to share Uh, so that we all can plant seeds of the lessons we've learned and water each other in love and compassion and empathy so that we can be more and more every day an embodiment of God, right? I love y'all. I'm glad that y'all here. Let's hop right in. My family and I are in the beginning stages of um, grief. Um, Grief by way of the loss or the death. Let me just call it what it is. The death of a loved one. Death that came by very unfortunate um, circumstances. And it's hitting us all in different ways but it's hitting us hard and um as I'm observing family process their own grief and trying to make space for my own um I ran across a a few things that (laughs) in the processing of my grief led me here to the mic for me to share with you all Y'all know grief is ugly, and unfortunately, it is a necessary part of this very human experience, and it's a necessary part of our spiritual experience. However, (laughs) there is uh, something to say about consoling the inconsolable. Um, this particular episode is addressed to the ultra religious people out there and the ones who are over churched and don't really receive any comfort through the faith anymore. I want us to be self-aware in our intentions to provide comfort. Uh, I want us to be delicate with one another. And I want us to use a great dose of empathy and compassion when we are at the front row of someone else's grief. I also want to encourage you to make space for your own grief. It is necessary. Um, it's necessary that we all create, if we don't have them, create safe spaces for our own grief to take shape. That's what this episode is about. Y'all pray for my family and me as we journey our way through this period in our lives. (laughs) 
All right. Take a listen. Stop throwing the Bible at people as an expectant cure-all for their grief. That really should just be the episode. (laughs) I should just say that's it and that's all. Stop throwing the Bible at people as an expectant cure-all for their grief. (sighs) Instead of reciting scriptures, I need for us to be the scriptures. I need for us to embody it. Right? I really need for us to really mourn with those who mourn, work to create safe spaces for emotional expression. In my short time on this earth and in the church, what I've noticed is that the church has done a great job at shaming and silencing. Like the old traditional legalistic ways, the church has largely made the expression of sorrow as an act of faithlessness and has labeled that expression as a sin. So now we have generations of families unable to coexist in their grief while also exercising their faith. You can be brokenhearted, feeling defeated, hurt in the depths of pain, and still have room to praise and still find space to worship. I would caution the ultra-religious people to stop trying to console through repetition of scripture. Because, I mean, if you're anything like me, and y'all know I I love the Lord now. (laughs) Nothing will separate me from the love of God. Nothing. However, I'm also an emotional being. And I need space to allow my emotions to come up and out so that I can have room for the spirit to come in. But if you just stop me at the gate with a bombardment of scripture, I'm naturally going to reject you. Not rejecting the scripture, but you. Because you are letting me know that you're not making space for what I need And I need space for my emotions to breathe. I am human and spirit. And when I am grieving, both are mourning. My spirit is mourning and my human side is mourning. And I need space for that. And I do not think I'm alone in that. I want to encourage you to embody all that you have studied in the scriptures In fact, if you studied the way you claim, you would know that your call is action, not just speaking. Your call is 
in terms of your Christianity, whatever your faith is, is to show up and support beyond the display of how many scriptures you've memorized. I think one thing that we all know is that grief is real and real ugly. It can be both stagnant and fluid. It can be painful and open the gateway to sustained happiness. But we have to allow it to move through us. And one thing I would like to get rid of, especially in the church, are those stop gates, those people who serve as stop gates because they refuse to recognize the very human side of this walk. We have to acknowledge the pain for what it is. Grief in the perspective of loss, loss of a loved one by death, is and will always be something that will never be able to be surmised or sufficiently surmised in words. To describe this type of grief, the only thing that I think a lot of us could probably acknowledge is that there are some things that we can't really verbalize, but our moans and groans are there to express it, right? The unverbalized pain, the undescribed or pain is, is there and we carry it. And as I was saying in previous episodes, God affords us the Holy Spirit to intercede and interpret for us when we cannot verbalize the pain or the heaviness that we feel. And so for those who I call you ultra religious, <laughs> those who deem themselves righteous, I also call themselves righteous. I need for you to kind of humble yourself a bit. And when you attempt to Try to provide comfort to someone in the depths of their pain. Just be there or not, (laughs) or not. Send up prayers. Find other ways to show up in action and not just recite scripture as if that is going to cure the pain. If that were to cure the pain, I mean, (laughs) what would grief then be? There's a reason why. We are called to mourn with those who are mourning. There's a reason. The Bible has never said, and listen, and if I'm wrong, somebody on here, whoever's listening, please correct me and I will, I will provide a correction to this episode. <laughs> but I have yet to read a scripture that says when someone is mourning, throw a scripture at them. That'll help them. <laughs> Just, it won't. Not in the depths. Now, I'm going to say this because my relationship with, with God's word is is very, very deep. And yes, when I'm in the middle of something, it doesn't have to be grief, but something difficult. Does God's word um, serve as a, a, a reminder and a, and a balm for me? Absolutely. Absolutely. If I'm feeling anxious, I know what scriptures to go to. If I'm feeling alone, I know what scriptures to go to. However, <laughs> however... Uh, that can't just be the end all be all right so if I'm feeling anxious 
I have to uh, not only, yeah, remember those scriptures, but also practice some self-soothing techniques. Because when I get anxious, it is, you know, the anxiety is running through my body and I have to maybe control my breathing or move my body in some way or still my body in some way or, or something. You know, I have to do something uh, physical uh, to calm my anxiety. If I'm feeling depressed, same thing, right? And so it's like the scriptures and what I, whatever I do work hand in hand to um, help push me forward. I was at a church at uh, one point in my life, this, <laughs> and th- th- it was an elder, and somebody went up and they expressed that they needed prayer for something really egregious that was taking place in their life. And the elders only response was, well, pray, pray it away. That it will never, that will never work. <laughs> like I just, and I know his intentions and I, but I really would like the church to take more responsibility for the mental health concerns that people have. <laughs> the church based off of traditionally how they have taught scripture has uh, destroyed people's mental health. I mean, through basic, just straight up condemnation, not being a source or resource of forgiveness, not uh, being a space of grace, just not being safe. And I used to be in a space where I was, before I took responsibility for my own relationship with God, I used to be in a space where I was over-churched. I could not really enter a church genuinely. I was entering performatively because I just, I didn't, I didn't have a relationship. It was just, it was a performance. It was like, I knew to go to church on Sunday. I knew to go to Bible study on Wednesday. I knew, and it had nothing to do with my relationship with God. I just knew to go. And part of that was because I was over churched with the same understanding of some preacher or some elder, like just being bashed over my head over and over and over and over again. It wasn't until I took my, my own responsibility, my responsibility for my own relationship, but getting back to grief in my experience of trying to deal with the loss of a loved one, I've also come across (laughs) I've come across unexpected competition and pain, <laughs> like within my family. There have been calls and externally and externally. So, but there have been calls for my support because somebody may be grieving more than me. This ain't no freaking competition. <laughs> this is kind of grief is grief is grief is grief. Now, true enough, one day I might be better off to support someone else who is grieving and then the next day it might be different who knows but what I want us to do as we hold space and compassion for one another as we all grieve in some areas of our lives at some point of our lives remember that the person that you are watching grieve or if you're the person who's grieving you're human too and it's safe and I well I want you to find identify a safe space to grieve I want you to understand that everything that you're feeling is okay. 
and don't suppress it. Give voice and space to your feelings, to your emotions, so that you can make space for God to enter. Okay? Weep when you need to. Laugh as often as you can. But make space for those very human emotions. I just wanted to hop on the mic uh, to kind of get this out. Uh, We're in the early stages of grief. My family and I are. And uh, those are just things that I came across that I wanted to share. Um, um, I have another episode coming out uh, soon, so... I'm in this walk with you, y'all. Until next time, take care.